welcome to episode eight of Yo MTG Taps. This is Joey Pasco and, and company. And company. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to do just a brief episode talking about the mythic rarity of the spoiled card Comet Storm from World Wake. Comet Storm is XRR Instant Mythic Multi Kicker One. Choose target creature or player, then choose another target creature or player for each time Comet Storm was kicked. Comet Storm then deals X damage to each of them. First of all, I think that's a really weird way to word something. But anyway, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, now a lot of people are having trouble with the fact that this card is a mythic rare. At least one of the people in this car is having trouble <laughs> with the fact that it's a mythic rare. I... Okay, and, and, and let me just say from the beginning that I don't necessarily think it should be a Mythic Rare, but for the sake of playing Devil's Advocate, I am taking the position of defending its Mythic Rarity. So, for today's, for today's discussion, Joe will be the nay and I will be the yay as far as Mythic Rarity of the card goes. Um... What I've done is I've done a little bit of research here, and I want to get to it before my computer's battery dies. Um, I've I looked up all of the red spells with X in the casting cost that are also instants, um, just to kind of give an idea of why I think Comet Storm might be mythic in terms of its rarity, in terms of what has it's doing something that hasn't really or hasn't been seen often in this in the game. Um, so, running down the red burn spell, or the red X spells at instant speed that are out of this discussion for simply not being burn spells, Okay. Um, we have Balduvian Rage, which is an X and R. <laughs> Target attacking creature gets plus X plus O until end of turn. Draw a card at the beginning of next turn's upkeep. Um, that was from Cold Snap. Uh, I'm not going to remember the sets from all of these, honestly, yeah, but, but the, I'm going to skip it. So that's not a burn spell. Blazing Shoal is a X and two red. You may exile a red card with converted mana cost X from your hand rather than pay Blazing Shoal's mana cost. Target creature gets plus X plus O until end of turn. Not a burn spell. Captain's Maneuver costs an X, red, and white. The next X damage that would be dealt to target creature or player this turn is dealt to another target creature or player instead. That's out because it contains white. Um, Enrage is an X and R. Target creature gets plus X plus O until end of turn. Not a burn spell. Outmaneuver is an X and a red. X target blocked creatures assign their combat damage this turn as though they weren't blocked. Time crafting is an X and red. Choose one, remove X time counters from target permanent or suspended card, or put X time counters on target permanent with a time counter on it or suspended card. So those are the... X spells at instant speed for red that are out of the discussion. So let's go to the first one here um, on the list. Dwarven Catapult. It costs an X and red, and it Dwarven Catapult deals X damage divided evenly, rounded down, among all creatures target opponent controls. So in order to deal four damage to four creatures, which is the uh, basis I'm using for this whole discussion, it would cost a red plus 16 colorless mana, or mana of any color. So it would cost 17 mana to deal 4 damage to 4 creatures with Dwarven Catapult. That was from Fallen Empires. Um, okay, now we've got Fault Line, which is uh, rare from Urza's Saga. Um, costs 2 red and X. Fault Line deals X damage to each creature without flying in each player. 
So it's an earthquake for one more red. Right, exactly. So to deal four damage to four creatures, it would be two red and four mana of any color. So six mana, mm -hmm. converted mana cost. Although you're dealing it to non-flying creatures and you don't have the ability to target those creatures. Right, and you're hurting yourself. And you are hurting yourself. And, and that's an instant, is that correct? That is an instant. So basically, it, it, it is earthquake, and to get the instant speed earthquake, it's just an extra red. Am right. I, am I right? Okay. That's correct. Um, so now, Flaming Gambit. Um, it's an X and red. Flaming Gambit deals X damage to target player. That player may choose a creature he or she controls and have Flaming Gambit deal that damage to it instead. And it has flashback of X and two red. So basically the most targets you can hit are two creatures. Mm -hmm. And to deal four damage to each of them, you would need to pay 11 mana. Okay. Um, and that's if the player doesn't choose to take any of that damage. Heat Ray is an X and red, or is <laughs> X and a red. Okay. Heat Ray deals X damage to target creature. So that only has one target, so that kind of doesn't really fit the bill. Yeah. Um, I included Lava Ball Trap on this list, because Lava Ball Trap is an instant speed spell with enough mana in its cost to kind of be like an X. Um, yeah. Lava Ball Trap is two red and six. If an opponent had two or more lands enter the battlefield under his or her control this turn, you may pay three and two red rather than pay Lava Ball Trap's converted mana cost. Destroy <laughs> two target lands. Lava Ball Trap deals four damage to each creature. What happened to you? Did you become a robot? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it was totally rad. And I was totally freaking out on it. I was having a good time. That costs eight mana total to deal four damage to four creatures. Um, Rock Slide. And X and red. Rock slide deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target attacking or blocking creatures without flying. Once again, would take 17 mana to deal 4 damage to 4 creatures. Starstorm. An X and 2 red. Starstorm deals X damage to each creature. Cycling 3. 2 red plus 4. 6 mana for that. Volcanic Geyser is an X and 2 red. It deals X damage to target creature or player. Once again, only one target for that spell. So when we look at this, in terms of like spells that deal multiple damage to multiple targets at instant speed in red, we have one, two, three, um, not even counting Flaming Gambit, four, five. We have five spells before Comet Storm mm -hmm. in the history of magic mm -hmm. that deal X damage to multiple targets at instant speed. Now let's go into well once again let's 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 take Comet Storm and determine how much mana it would cost to deal four damage to four creatures with Comet Storm. Okay. Comet Storm costs two red and then X has to be four. Right. So that's, so that's six. six. And then you pay for three targets. Right, three extra targets. Three extra targets. So right. that's so nine. Costs nine. So it's nine total. So of all of the spells that deal multiple damage to multiple creatures, the only ones that cost less to deal more damage, or to deal the same amount of damage, would be Fault Line. Which is an instant speed earthquake. Instant speed earthquake, so that's without flying. So that means... And, and that's a rare. That is a rare, correct. Uh, Lava Ball Trap, which costs eight mana, which is also a rare. What else? Star Storm which was a rare, mm -hmm. um, cost six, 
And that's pretty much it. Those are the three spells that have cost that cost less with converted mana cost than Comet Storm to do its job. Um, now the difference is Star Storm, Lava Ball Trap, um, both can't damage players. Okay. Fault Line damages both players, so you know both players are taking a hit there. So I think that's I think that I think that Comet Storm, in terms of mythic rarity, have we seen something like it before? Yes, we have. We've seen things that are kind of like it. Now, they all of the spells that come close to matching Comet Storm's power were all rare, and all existed before, well, with the exception of Lava Ball Trap, mm -hmm. all existed before there was a Mythic Rarity. Okay. So, 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 would Star Storm have been Mythic had they printed Mythic Rares back then? I don't know. But you know, that's a... I feel like, to me, when I first saw it, I saw an instant speed fireball. Fireball's an uncommon. Fireball, for the record... Um, it's not exactly. It's not exactly an instant speed fireball, but that's what, that was my first impression of it. It's a, a burn spell that can divide its damage among multiple targets. This damage isn't divided. I understand that. And I'm not even... My argument is not that Comet Storm is a bad card at all. Right, right, right. I just don't think it's worthy of being mythic. Be their definition of mythic seems to change basically on a whim, whatever they feel like. They have their little die. It's like... I'm not saying it's a bad card. I just don't think it should be mythic. When we've had something, to me, Fireball is an uncommon. It does not feel like some epic spell. Yes, it can be, uh, you know, it's a big burn spell. Right, for 20 mana, it can do the same thing as Comet Storm for 9. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. Um, but my point is, uh, is a mythic something that is better than something that was previously printed? Because then maybe Lightning Bolt should have been mythic too. Because, you know, it was better. Maybe they should have made it mythic in M10 because it's better than Incinerate. We've had it in the game for years. We've had burn spells in the game from the beginning. Seeing another X casting cost burn spell is not jaw-dropping. So that... I mean, I don't know if anybody else's jaw dropped when they saw it. To me, I was like, it's like Fireball. Why is it mythic? Fireball doesn't, you know, isn't jaw dropping. Um, you know what actually um, may have made the card a little more mythic worthy? Is if every time you paid the multi-kicker, it copied the spell and put another copy on the stack. And that, that would have probably been more mythic. I, I, I mean, it's definitely obviously a... Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of ways you could probably make it better. But, but yeah, yeah, but, but I'm saying like you know, because you pay that multi kicker however many times, and someone goes mm -hmm. okay, uh, counter, yeah, cancel it. Exactly. <laughs> but I think that I don't know what they want to define mythic as because it seems like they have no set definition. Because sometimes it's something jaw dropping, and other times it's something infuriating. <laughs> you know. Um, in this case, I, I, I'm not necessarily infuriated at all, but I'm just like, that shouldn't have been mythic. I could take it as rare. I think I would have been like, oh, that's rare? Oh, whatever. But I really think that it's dumb that it's mythic. I don't have as much of an argument as you do. I didn't look back at things. But sure. what I think about right now in Standard, we have Banefire, which to me is more worthy of being mythic, even though it's sorcery speed and even though it's one target, the fact that it's uncounterable... And can't be prevented. Um, and can't be prevented is more worthwhile to me than, I'm going to Wrath of God for nine. Well, you know, I can Wrath of God for four, too. Just play white. Um, it's just, I feel like there's... I wonder if it's going to be played. It really depends on what else is around it. And it, it is versatile. You can pay three mana to do one damage to a target if you want. 
um, that's pretty bad when you can pay one mana to do three damage to a target. It's it's its versatility that makes it a card that you can consider playing in a red deck, but I feel like if you want burn to the face, there's better things, and if you want to wrath, there's better things, and if you want targeted burn of any kind, there's better options. So I don't really even feel like it's an obviously better card than what we've got, and I don't consider it jaw-dropping, so I feel like it's not. It shouldn't be mythic because it doesn't surprise me in any way, and it's. Uh, it shouldn't be mythic because it's not necessarily and not obviously better than anything we've got right now. What about Lava Lanch? I mean, that wasn't mythic. Well, no. I'm. I'm gonna look up what that was, but it was a pretty similar. It was card. a green, a black, a red, and X, and it deals X damage to each uh, to target player and each creature that player controls. Right. So for seven mana you get the same thing, right? right? Seven mana to do four damage to each creature. Right. That was rare. Why wasn't that mythic? I mean, I'm, I'm, I think it was rare. I'm it was positive rare. It, it was rare. rare. I, have, I have several, yes. Yeah, I have several, too. I've never used them. That's why I don't remember them. <laughs> I don't remember their rarity. But I'm just like, what? I just don't understand their logic for putting things at mythic. They seem to want to change their def definition based on uh, the player's reactions. If everybody's like... You know, this shouldn't have been Mythic. And they're like, yeah, it should. We're going to call anything with Lotus and its name is now Mythic. You know, come on. It's just, it's terrible. I, 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 that's one of the complaints I have. They're not being consistent with what they want to call Mythic. It's not some new game-changing ability. Like, even that dumb mirror. What is it? Lich's Mirror or something? Yeah. From Shards of Alara. I mean, at least it did something that not many other cards did. It did something really strange and, and out there. And like, right, that was fine. And I also have have said, the ultimatums, I could have been fine with them being mythics because they were huge, big, splashy, game-changing spells. They were in Shards of Alara where there were mythic rares. Those, I feel like, I would have had no problem with being mythic. But things like uh, Fireball, which was present in the beginning of the game, uh, you know, a variation on Fireball doesn't really strike me as anything... Um, exciting at all. You know what would have excited me the most? What's that? If they would have reprinted Starstorm. I would have liked that. Even if they had put it at Mythic Rare. Like, I'd be like, yeah, Starstorm. There you go. Now there's yeah. a good spell. I might have accepted that at Mythic as well. I guess I can't know what I would have felt about any, any of them, but I just know when I looked at Comet Storm, I thought it shouldn't be Mythic. It seems like I don't know. I mean, the name's terrible. <laughs> well, there's Starstorm, Firestorm, they were just going along Comet with Comet Storm is just like... I'm looking up Firestorm right now because that was another one that I used to play that I feel like reminded me a little bit of, bit of it. A Firestorm only cost one. It wasn't an X spell in its mana cost, but you could choose and discard X cards. Firestorm deals X damage to each of X target creatures and or players, and it's an instant. So it cost one. Hmm. Um, that, to me, is almost more mythic-worthy. It's similar. I, I don't know. I guess I, I can't really say for sure what I would have felt about that being mythic either, but I just um, I don't like Comet Storm being mythic. But that said, at least I won't pull a lot in packs, so whatever. Um, True. So uh, just a couple arguments, I guess. I, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. It was just my gut reaction, and, and Joe obviously had some more... Well, I, I just thought it was, I thought it was interesting that this card was being printed at Mythic, and I was like, well, 
you know, let's be fair and let's go and see what other X spells were printed at instant speed in Magic's history. You know, red X spells, of course. Right. And, you know, I found a small number of them. I think that was maybe 12 or 13 spells in total, mm -hmm. not counting the Lava Ball Trap because it's not an X spell. Right. And so I was like, well, okay, fair enough. You know, like, there weren't too many X spells printed at instant speed. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one way of saying maybe it's mythic. I don't know. And, like, a comet storm in a strictly flavor standpoint <laughs> is kind of massive. You know what I mean? But in terms of what the card does in relation to its name, from a flavor standpoint, I feel it falls a little flat. Yeah. You know, I feel that, like, that doesn't seem like too much of a comet storm to me, because, like, also for seven mana, you can deal four damage to two targets, and that just doesn't seem like a comet storm. Right. That seems so, like, like two, comets two boulders <laughs> falling out of the sky <laughs> yeah. and hitting these two creatures in the head, and you're like, ow, my head, I'm dead. <laughs> And all the other creatures are like, "What happened? <laughs> yeah. What happened? Why, why, what was there? Was there something that went on? I'm yeah. unaware because I am unaffected by it. Yeah, brush my shoulders off. You know what I mean? Like, um, but wait, there was just a friggin' comet storm, and you didn't notice. <laughs> so was, uh, that made me mad the other day when I was playing against um, a mill deck, and my friend comes over. He's like, "Why is your library upside down?" I'm like, "That's my graveyard." <laughs> So just shut up, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me the hell alone. Yes, it's no, it's my damn graveyard. Yes, there are fifty cards in it. Shut the hell up. <laughs> Trying to play magic. But uh So anyway, um I don't know, that's just some thoughts on Comet Storm. How do you feel about Comet Storm? If you have any opinions on the card that you would like to share with us, or if you have any opinions on the way I say on, you can <laughs> email us at yomtgtaps at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on our Twitter, at sign yomtgtaps, and you can teach me about hashtags. Joe has a Twitter. It's Affinity for Blue. We have some blogs. I have otherworldlyjourney.blogspot.com and Joe has affinityforislands.com. We really have a lot of freaking ways you can get in touch with us to tell us how you feel about Comet Storm. And like, <laughs> you know, we didn't set them up specifically for Comet Storm, but now that Comet Storm exists, it's like it's really convenient. It's like, well, you know, now if you want to get in touch with us about Comet Storm, you got all sorts of fucking ways to do it. But, um... So, uh, I wanted to talk about various magic books besides the novels. You know, this game's been around now for 15, 16 years, and there's getting to be a lot of different um, ways to just read about the game. What kind of brought this up, I I've... Top 8 Games, which is a, a company... Uh, it's Top 8 Magic, Top 8 Games. The website is top8magic.com, and it's uh, Brian David Marshall, Matt Wang... Um, I'm not sure who else has a part in the company, but they've started printing books, which are essentially um, kind of compendiums of articles written by, you know, the influential authors and writers of the game. Um, a few years ago, they released Decade by Mike Flores, which I have, and it's his collected writings from 10 years of Magic. I guess it's 1996 to 2006, or 95 to 2005, I can't remember the 
the specifics. I should have probably checked on that, but you get it. It's a, it's 10 years of Michael Flores's collected writings for various sites like the Dojo, um, going all the way back to like Usenet forums and uh, he, his um, tournament reports. Uh, it's a really interesting book, especially if you played back then um, or even around then with some of those cards. It's really neat to read. It, it kind of takes you back a lot. It's very like nostalgic. You're reading about decks like uh, Necropotence and White Weenie decks and things like that. So that's I definitely recommend Decade. Um, and just this past month, they released a book called My Files Part 1 by Zvi Malshowitz. Um, it's his collected writings. He's apparently got so many that there's going to be a volume 2, or at least I would assume so, since this one's called Volume 1. This is a book, they had announced it back in the summertime, and um, I think there were a couple issues with getting it to the printer and things like that, so it actually didn't end up coming out until a few weeks ago. And so all my information is kind of little bits and pieces about it that I learned as far back as, you know, the spring or summer. So I can't really remember the period of time that it covers. But uh, I haven't gotten a chance to read mine yet, but we definitely wanted to mention them because I got my pre-order in and unfortunately the spine had a big old dent in it, um, thanks to the postal service. Media Not, mail. Right. But luckily, uh, Matt Wang was kind enough to just send me a new copy and let me keep the old copy, which I passed along to Joe. So Yay! Now we both have a copy, which we're both going to read, and uh, we'll have to mention that. But I wanted to mention a few more books besides these, uh, these two. Um, I just finished reading Johnny Magic and the Card Shark Kids, which is sort of a biography about John Finkel and how he went from learning to play magic and becoming this you know huge force on the magic tournament scene and then um going to vegas and becoming a poker player and uh and basically a vegas card shark kind of thing it's it's a really interesting story um i you must really... have been really enthralled by it because i think that like your blog said you were currently reading it for like two months or something. No, 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 no. It was it, I only posted. It was like two posts that I think. It really? Was oh, okay. For it. some reason, I I like was like, man, he's still reading that damn book. Right. Well, the problem is, I read, I started reading that, and then I started reading something else, and then finished that other book, and then went back. Twilight. To this. Uh, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I read that, started reading something else, and then went back into it. It's a short book. It's actually a pretty quick read, but I also get really distracted by the internet and movies. Um, so when I'm like, I've got free time and I'm in front of a computer, I tend to not grab a book off the shelf, unfortunately, as much as I'd like to. But I don't really have any interest in poker at all. I never really liked poker and those kind of things, but this book was still really interesting. And um, some of the reviews I read on it before I bought it were poker players who hadn't played Magic. And they said they found it interesting, even though they didn't know anything about magic. So for a magic player, there are definitely some kind of factual errors and uh, kind of funny things to see a writer who doesn't know anything about magic trying to explain magic. But, you know, you can kind of laugh at those and just keep going. you got to understand this guy has no idea what he's talking about, really, you know, the, the actual author. But the book itself is really interesting and, and fun to read. Another book, which I haven't read... I gave it to Joe for Christmas, was The Quest for the Pro Tour by Jamie Wakefield. It's essentially a long tournament report, uh, or multiple tournament reports, from back in the 90s. But it was so popular that they decided to print it again. So that's 
that I guess tells you something. I, I have to read that. Um, I'll be reading that pretty soon, I'm sure. Likewise. Um, and then uh, lastly, Next Level Magic by Pat Chapin, which is an ebook available in Star City Games. That book is really good if you want to kind of uh, improve your game. Uh, the rest of these are more tournament report kind of books, um, or like I said, the, the Johnny Magic and the Card Shark Kids by David Kushner is more uh, a biography. But Next Level Magic is actually written by Patrick Chapin for players to improve their game on every level. Um, and I think it's one of those books that you can read it this year and you can read it next year and get something else out of it and read it you know, a few months after that. I think every time you read it, you're going to take something else away from it. That's excellent. So yeah, I wanted to mention those. Um, I have mentioned it before, but again, any players going on the Magic Cruise, uh, send us a message. I'd like to meet some people. I'd like to uh, meet up with some listeners. That would be cool. Oh, also, hopefully, did we, we didn't mention this last episode. We may have some contests coming up. So uh, keep listening for, for information on that. Yeah, we're going to possibly do some contests here soon, which could be some good fun. Um, we haven't quite worked out the details yet, but once we have the details worked out on what sort of contest we feel like doing, then we're going to do it. Also, Joe might need to get around to writing his verse for a rap song <laughs> that I spent a lot of time writing the music for and writing a verse for and everything. See all the work I do? And then I'll, all, all, I, all I get is, and company. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you should mention that, why you keep saying that. Uh, yeah, the reason why I keep saying I'm and company is because uh, Chris Otwell, when he posted our last episode, he wrote, your hosts, Joey Pasco and company. And I was like, but there's only one other host. Why couldn't he have just wrote Big Head Joe instead of <laughs> and company? Because it's like almost the same amount of letters. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. So I, I feel like, I feel like teasing about it because I, I just thought it was really funny. I know there was no hard, there was no evil intentions or, or, or any sort of undermining or anything weird, all in good fun. It's just, it was just hilarious. I was right. like, but there's only me. <laughs> How am I company? Am I, am I, am I gaining that much weight? I know I'm putting on <laughs> some weight, but I mean, that's mostly due to being a lazy bastard and sitting around the house playing SimCity 4 all day and then playing Magic on the weekends. Um, so I think that's about it. Yeah, I think that's it. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And, Thank you, uh, population, for listening to our podcast. That's right. And if you want to contact uh, contact us, just go back about five, ten minutes to the Comet Storm section, and uh, you'll, you can hear our contact information there. Yeah, go look for the flag that says Comet Storm on your <laughs> visual browser of, of audio signals. So... That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our little discussion. Maybe we got the gears turning in your head a little bit about Comet Storm and what you think about its mythic rarity. Uh, once again, if you have any comments about that, you can email us at yoMTGtaps at gmail.com and all the other freaking ways you can get in touch with us. And definitely check out top8magic.com because uh, those books are great. Check out uh, starcitygames.com for the, the uh, Next Level Magic book by Patrick Chapin as well. So... Um, all right, thanks thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Oh, oh.
have to say congratulations to LSV for winning the Star City Games uh, 5K with a red-white-blue control list. And right along with that, congratulations to the Baltimore Ravens for making the playoffs. Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> so now all we got to do is we've got to beat the, uh, all the teams Patriots <laughs> at home. And then we've got to beat probably another really good team at home. And then we are in, right? Uh, three games. Three, three games and then we... Then we're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, because last year we beat the Dolphins. Oh, that's right, the, because the because the Patriots had a bye. In right. The, yeah, right, of course. Okay, that makes perfect sense. So yeah, What we have are to, you thinking about? The 19-0? 19-0 is where my brain was going with that, yeah. <laughs> so we all, all we need to do is win three road games, which we've won two all season. Oh, three counting uh, Saturday. Yeah. Really? Or Sunday. Was that, our, was that our record? Sunday. Yeah, we're three and five on the road, oh, that's which terrible. is awesome. So... I'm very optimistic about our chances. No, but, though, but seriously, though, the teams that we're going to have to play, besides the Jets, um, the other teams in the playoffs, we've played them all, and either we lost against uh, the the Patriots just at the very end, and Mark Clayton dropped that pass. Mm -hmm. So we, we hung into that game. It wasn't like it was a, it was a blowout. The um, same thing with the, the Colts. We lost by a point or two points, and there was a missed field goal in there. So, and uh, we beat the Chargers. So basically, every game, every team in the AFC that's in the playoffs, we've played besides the Jets. We lost twice to the Bengals, but one of those games, we just were, we just played terribly. The other one, I think, it was a, one of those last minute. You know, we lost in the last two minutes to a, uh, a touchdown. You know, but all those games, all those teams, we've at least played besides the Jets. And we uh, we even put up a fight against the eventual NFC champion mm -hmm. Minnesota Vikings. Isn't That's that true. correct? Uh, yep. um, we we lost, I think, thirty three to thirty one. Right, and we had that game one too. It was just uh, our kicker missed a field goal. Missed field goal. That's right. We our our season has basically come down to yellow flags and missed field goals. That's that's why I most of our losses. I really feel like it was just us bad penalties. Some of them were obviously penalties, and some of them obviously were not. Um, and missed field goals, which is a bad decision on the part of the Ravens to not keep Matt Stover, who True. was mostly, you know... Mr. Reliable for the yeah, most part. Exactly. He had, like, one off-season, I think, but that was, I think, weighted with, like, three missed field goals in, like, the first game of the season. And I know that specifically because I drafted him as my kicker that year <laughs> and it was my first year playing fantasy football and he was like one of the most accurate kickers in NFL history I drafted him and he missed three field goals in his first game as my kicker lovely job and I don't think I've ever had him on any yeah. uh, fantasy team I've ever had since I think I dropped him after that first game and yeah. I'm surprised that he Made it through that season as the Ravens' kicker after missing three field goals in a game. Yeah, I think the kickers just... have a history of getting dropped after something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the thing with him was that he was—it was the money that it was going to end up having to pay him because I think he stayed with the same franchise because he was so long tenured. Yeah. Yeah. So makes sense. Um, I understand why they did it, but it still was a bad decision, and that was part of the reason I think we lost some of the games we'd lost because there were missed field goals either in the middle of the game, or the most blatant one was in the game against the Vikings when we came back from being down, I don't know how many points, uh, but it was quite a bit. We came back 
fought really hard, got in position for a field goal, and he missed it. And I'd like to kick him right in his jaw. That's what I'd like to do. What was the joke? Hashka, after he got fired, went home to hang himself, but he couldn't kick the chair out from under him. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. It is awful. That's the first I heard of that. So, uh, congratulations, like Atlanta Falcons, for signing our ex-kicker. Oh, is that who signed it? Yeah, he signed again. With oh, the wow. Yeah, because... Um, because Deneen was just asking me uh, yesterday, like, is he is he done? You know what I mean? Like, is his career over or what? Like, yeah. like he sucks. So, what is he doing now? What like where? What city is he watching yeah. football from? You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, he was just signed like last week. Oh wow! And so, that really... but now he's got the entire off season. I, who knows? The Falcons might pick up a different kicker in the off season, but he was signed anyway uh, at this point. So he's um. Uh, who knows if they just wanted him for one game or what? I, I don't know what their deal it's was. It's possible. The Falcons didn't make the playoffs. No, they? that's why I'm saying. They they basically signed him for one game. Who was their kicker? Season. Jason Elam? I don't even remember He anymore. was the former Giants kicker. I don't know who he's with now. He might be with them. I mean, they had Morton Anderson for a while. Um, the old guy. To cut a lot of this out. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, we no, can no, leave no, this no. in. It doesn't matter. So we can leave this as bonus. We can put this in <laughs> at the end of the episode. Right. Like you did with the other thing last week. So that way that. people can listen to us talk about football. Yeah. So um let's 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 make an end for the episode okay. now and then you can go back, you know, you can cut that and put it in. Okay. Before all this shit and put yes. this shit at the end.